I'm so, uh, so, uh, uh, so excited, praise the Lord, to be able to preach the word. You know, this is one of those days where I just really got excited to, to, to minister. I was like, it, it, it was like there was no burden to do it today, right? It was just like, you get to do it. Praise the Lord. And sometimes that's just real nice because, you know, ministering isn't always that way. A lot of times it's, it, it can feel like a burden. And maybe that's more my fault than it is God's fault, of course. But, uh, but how many know that it's good when God meets you anyways? Amen. And it's good to see this family sitting together tonight. It's, it seems like it's been a while because all, all kinds of things. Praise the Lord. So I'm not trying to call you out. It's just as I looked down uh, as I was praying and saw you guys there, uh, I was just really blessed to uh, see that. So praise the Lord. But, but glory to God. We know that there's been lots of things to, um, to deal with. Praise the Lord. People have been dealing with sicknesses and stuff like that. And there's been some stuff. Man, it just seems like crazy how some people, I mean everywhere, not just in the church. I'm talking about anywhere. Like you talk to people and this thing, things have been lingering on and on and on. And, but uh, praise the Lord. So if you have, we have brothers and sisters that are out now. So just continue to pray for them and lift them up. But I do have a public service announcement real quick, and I wanted to say this was on my heart, and I wanted to share it before we got going on the service. And this is more to people that tune in for us, tune in to us. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody online tonight or if they get on later on. And I said this somewhat recently in Mayville, but I just felt it was uh, important to say it here too. If you tune in here because you're, you're, you're looking at trying to figure out how wrong we are, how off we are, you know, shame on you. Uh, that's, uh, that's a divisive spirit. That's something that's not the Holy Ghost. The Lord wouldn't lead you that way. And so you just need to know that. And of course, and I also leave this option open too. If anyone ever has questions about what we do or why we do things or why we say things, please ask us. We're more than open to, to have not just a conversation, but conversations uh, about why we do what we do. Uh, we endeavor to follow the Lord and follow the, the word the best that we can. And, and that is, uh, uh, you know, something that's very important to us. And so uh, not according to man's ideas, but according to what the scriptures tell us and the best that we can do. Amen. And that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect at it, but I have yet to find somebody who's been perfect at it. So I just say that, throw that out there right off the get go, because I want people to, uh, you know, uh, I say it more for you than I say it for us, because I don't really care what you do. Amen. Uh, you, you know, you can attack me. That just gives me brownie points in heaven, which is good, right? Uh, and so I, from that standpoint, I'm not opposed to that. But, you know, I, I, I do care about people and I, I want people to understand, you know, like uh, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not doing things hidden here. We're not doing things behind closed doors. It would be different if I would do that, but that's not the way that we operate. And so PSA over, praise the Lord. Uh, but, but, you know, there was something that was on my heart right before church uh, actually, while my wife was doing announcements, there was uh, something that was in my heart that I wanted to share with you, and I feel like it goes along with the service and even just kind of what, what I just said a little bit. But, you know, uh, these words came to me just like this, and I had, to, I had to kind of work it out. You know, whenever the Lord speaks to me, he always brings me scripture to go along with it. Now, I've been studying some scripture out, and so I want you to, uh, and then not for this, but this is a scripture that he gave me, and it makes a lot of sense, and I thought it was a good teachable moment. So before I get into the message, this is the pre-sermon sermon, and I'm calling that. Turn to 2 Timothy 1.6. Praise the Lord. This would be um, some scriptures that are probably well familiar to us. Um, i got to find it myself. It's before Hebrews. It's in the T section. Amen. It's one of the ways I remember it. 
All the T's there in the New Testament are together. Uh, so 2 Timothy, I don't know if I say anyone did that on purpose or not, but that's the way it worked out and it works for me. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. And these are the words that came to me. This is what I heard in my spirit as I was sitting there in, uh, right, right before service. Uh, is that there is a certain amount of autonomy in our walk. There is a certain amount of autonomy in our walk. You know, autonomy, if you don't know, uh, is, is the, it's basically the, the direction or the ability to, to do things the, as you do them or as you see fit, right? Um, and, and there's a certain amount of that that God let, lets us have. Actually, and that was something that I was actually led on this, or this, this afternoon, and I didn't really even realize I was going to be speaking on it when I came to these scriptures here. You know, because we've always read these scriptures a very specific way. Um, and, and although that there's some truth to that, I think that it, there, there's, it's saying much more than usually what we draw out of them. And, and I think that's really important. So 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, For this reason, uh, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Some versions say sound mind, even uh, that's a, an acceptable translation uh, for it. So, um, you know, and that spirit of timidity is often translated fear. And usually we talk about fears like God's not a God of fear and that, you know, we shouldn't be afraid and stuff like that. But that's not really what this is dealing with. And the reason this comes up is because what, what, what it is saying is so important. Now, that doesn't mean it gives, gives us license to go be afraid of everything that's not what I'm saying because that would work into this too but the focus here is uh, which uh, is to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands now when he says that you know the gift uh, that he was speaking of that Paul was speaking of to Timothy specifically was the gift of pastoring when he when he when he, uh, uh, when he laid hands on him to uh, uh, to put him into the ministry and so it was an actual process of laying on a hand, so it's not necessarily just like we do, you know, if we lay hands. It's not, it's not talking about that, but this was the gift that God had put him in what, 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 uh, through the laying on of Paul's hands. But what Paul was stirring him up on was this idea that you, you need to kindle afresh that thing, or you need to stir up, as some versions say, you need to stir up the gift that God has placed in you. Amen? And the question could come to us, like, how exactly do we do that? Because I don't know about you, but we, got, we have lots of direction in the Bible, but I don't know about you, but I've seen that we don't have enough sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to, to people that like to be told everything to do, if, there, if there's any of you out there, I, I kind of like that with some things. I really like to just say, hey, this is what I expect of you. Like when it comes to God, I don't want to guess. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I don't like guesswork when it comes to God. I just want him to give me the direction and then me to do it. But you know that God doesn't do that. He's given us some direction but not all the direction. And what, 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 what Paul was dealing with with Timothy is don't be afraid to do what God, or to operate in the gift which God has put in you to operate in. Don't be afraid to do that. Do you know that if you're going to step out, if you're going to walk a spiritual life, if you're going to step out in the spirit, there is a certain amount of things sometimes you just don't have direction for other than unction on the inside of you. And this is one of those things, you know, we've been talking about life intentions, right? And we're going to be talking about that again tonight. But that's one of those tensions. It's like, we want to be people of the Word, but we also want to be people of the Spirit. Now, the Spirit will not lead us in opposition to the Word, praise the Lord. But sometimes the Spirit's going to lead you in things that aren't specifically written in the Word. 
And you have to learn in your relationship with God to have a certain amount of okay with that. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're excited, but it does help me because, you know, there's a lot of things that we do in life that, that they're just not sure. You know, a lot of things that will be pre presented before you that you ain't going to know what to do with. And if you're a person that, that, that truly wants to, to be pleasing to God, he will bring you into places where you don't know, you're going to not know what to do. And nobody around you is going to be able to tell you. God will purposely put you in places where the only thing that you have is your relationship with him. I'm talking about no voices. I'm talking about no angels. I'm talking about nothing written down, nobody that's gone before you. I am talking about God. If you're going to follow God, he will bring you into places where it's just you and him. And God is okay with that. When God first brought me into that place, I wasn't okay with that. A lot of times today, I'm still not okay with that. But I've been learning as I've been doing this thing now for, for 10 years this way, pastoring, uh, in all the other years, that God leads us in steps. Uh, 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 against our comfort zones. Amen? I think we're going to be talking about that more later. Praise God. But, uh, but, but we have to understand that there, there's a certain amount of autonomy in the way that we do things. And so even as a church, there's a certain amount of autonomy. The way that, uh, you know, as, as, as I'm comfortable doing things, I'm going to be more able to do things as a pastor, but also as a Christian. The same thing goes with you. Like, it's not going to look like everything else. It's not going to look like any other church or any other thing. In fact, there's a lot of times I go to, like, I want to go to other churches and just say, what do you do? Right? Because wouldn't that be easier? But what if God don't want me to do what they do? And see, is that the thing that we consider? How we do things and how we operate as a church is something that will be birthed in what God wants to do in the plan that he has for us. Now, you know, obviously pastors feed sheep. That's what they're supposed to do. That's part of their job. They're supposed to watch out for the sheep. That's part of their job. But, you know, that can go in a lot of areas and people that need different care. And I found that out too. Well, praise the Lord. So as we're getting into this, uh, we are in, I think it's, what did I say to you today? It's part three of part two of a, so it's three of a different kind of series. I never was a series guy. You understand, now that I'm all only doing series, it's kind of crazy because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like, now I'm in a series of a series in, in Corey. If, you, if, if, I'm, if I'm honest with you, it was, because this still goes w with what I was starting five weeks ago, but uh, it's kind of a new thing. And so that's the part two of the part one, you know, and that's just the way that it works. But we're still talking about life intentions, amen? And of course, again, the play on words, life intentions and life intentions, uh, you know, but life, uh, it, it is uh, about tensions. We are brought, God purposely brings us into this place of having tension within us, things that war, there's a, there's a nature, the flesh in the spirit that, you know, is, is talked about in some places where the, the you know, the, the, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak kind of thing, you know, and, and of course Jesus talked about that. Jesus lived a life in tensions. He dealt with tensions, you know. He had this pulling at him and that pulling at him. Actually, if you study the life of Jesus, one of the things you'll see is even the disciples tried not, not, not knowingly or not, not because they were bad-hearted, but they tried to pull him into things that, that he wasn't meant to do, that he wasn't there to do. That's why it's so imperative for us to have a, a, a relationship with God because if we have a relationship with God, then we'll know exactly what we have to do. And people can't pull us into those other areas. But we will be inf uh, influenced and affected by them. Amen? Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, 
<clears throat> praise God. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so we, last week we had been talking about, we had been talking some about God's grace, and, and, and I think for a few weeks we have talked about that different times, but God's grace works in us to work good. Uh, or I should say work good works is what I wanted to say. So God's work, uh, God's grace, and this is starting the message now, God's grace works in us to work good works. Amen? Now I put in my notes, I put in parentheses God. I think we can take that word good and we can cross out one O, you pick which one you want, but you can cross out the one O and you get God. And I think that that still is an accurate way of saying it. We, we want to work God's works, right? I don't just want to work good works that are works that are good in the eyes of people, but I want to work works in my life that are the works of God, the, the, the works that he has for me. Amen? Now, I'm not correcting scripture when I say that. I'm just saying there's another way of looking at it or understanding. At least it is for me. It helps me. And so, um, praise the Lord. But we, we have to remember that working together is the only way to fulfill God's work. Uh, God, God never gifted any one of us with all the ability. Unfortunately, he didn't. Wouldn't it be so much easier if God just said, well, we got 100 people here. They're all gifted with all the ability. Just follow them. Right? Then we know what to do. But that's not what he did. He picked people that were very different and very unable in many ways and then spread them out across the place and say, now, I want you to do this and you to do this and you to do this. Somehow make it all work out. Well, how do we make it all work out? We're not going to figure it out by ourselves, but that's where we get trapped. That's where I get trapped because I want to figure it out myself. I want to know what I'm going to do and how it's going to look, right? If God would just give me the message every, every Monday or Tuesday for the week and tell me exactly how I'm to preach it, and then give me the ability to preach it just well the way that he wants to, that would be wonderful. But it doesn't seem to work that way. Sometimes it comes out awkward. Sometimes it comes out through trial and stress. Sometimes it comes out in tension. Sometimes I'm in full of tension when I come to the pulpit. But God's okay with all that. Why? Because he's not doing this thing according to my ability. And what I've learned is that when God uses my weakness, I kind of resemble what Paul was talking about in is it first or second Corinthians, where he was talking about, you know, you know uh, uh, his grace being sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. I, I don't have to be able to do it of myself. I never do. And I believe that God uses me as an example of that to our people for this purpose because you need to understand that when God calls you to do something, it's not going to be according to your ability or what you can do. But God is going to put you somewhere and call you somewhere to be part of something greater than you. Amen? And that's what we all are. That's what we're doing as we come together. Praise the Lord. But God's grace works in us for us to work good works, or God works, amen? And last week we ended in Ephesians, I think. I think that's where we were. But I'm going to pick up one verse out of that group that we read. It's Ephesians 2.10. And uh, uh, praise God. And I'm just going to, yeah, well, let's go ahead and turn there. We can turn there. Ephesians 2.10. Are you here tonight? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 2.10. Again, another scripture that we should, uh, we should be quite accustomed to hearing, right? It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Amen? Now, as I was reading this scripture, again, starting this message, I like to recap a little bit, but get into some other stuff as well. But as I was rereading this scripture, there's two words that stood out to me in this scripture, and they're the same word, and it's the word we. 
And so I've even, in my, my notes, if you were looking at my notes right now, you'd see that we, I have emboldened there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, that we would walk in them. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, now this we here is not speaking about we as a group. Uh, he's addressing a group, but he's speaking to them individually. How do we know this? Well, you weren't saved as a group, right? right? Even if you were saved in a group at the same time of another a bunch of people getting saved, you were still saved individually. You understand? And so we, the, the works that we have, yes, we have works as a group, but we have works that God has destined for each one of us. And the works that he has destined for each one of us works in the context of a larger group. How does it work? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it works. But somehow we have to understand that. But we have to understand that we have a part, and that part is important for us to fulfill. Amen? Praise the Lord. We weren't born again as a group, but as individuals. And so what Paul is addressing here is us as individuals. Now this is what I wanted to say to you. And this is something that was spoken in my spirit, or I heard in my spirit, I believe. Uh, is that God has not yet sought my comfort level in what he has tasked me with doing. Not once. It was a realization of, the, of, of, of my truth. You want to talk about truths, right? My truth, your truth. This is my truth, and I don't believe it's just my truth. I see it all through Scripture. And everyone I've ever known who has tried to fulfill the plan of God, I've seen the same thing. God has not yet called me into, a, 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 to, into something to do or asked my comfort or sought my comfort level as he called me into something to do. He's never done that. He's never said, are you okay with this? Yeah. I've never in all the, I mean, I've had some pretty amazing experiences with God, but never was there a, are you okay with what I want you to do? Never. In fact, he never has. He will give you the option of doing it. But don't, don't mistake the option for, uh, don't even mistake the option for an option, really. When God gives you an option, he's making you feel better about saying yes. Right? Like you had a choice in it. But, but, but God doesn't really give us a choice in the plan that he sets out before us. In fact, I'll tell you this, Christians that operate according to their choices, their desires, oh boy, I'm going to make somebody mad. Maybe not in here, but I'm going to make someone mad. Are you ready? Christians that operate according to their desires have not yet learned to follow God. Because he's not, he's not asking your desires. Where, where, where did you see where Jesus said... Uh, just seek after your own desire, right? I know a lot of people look at Mark 11, was it Mark 11, 23 or 24, somewhere in there, where it talks about what is it, whatsoever you desire. That's one version, right? But it's not, that, that word desire is better translated ask. It's, it, and it's not talking about whatever you desire in your heart it's a, or, or in your flesh. Like, oh, I want, you know what? Uh, we, we, we recently saw some really big yachts, I mean, really big, un unbelievably large yachts, right? Praise the Lord. We've, we've seen houses. When I was in Brazil, I, I remember, you know, very poor, a very poor country, a very rich country. It was both of them. And I remember going down by uh, Ipanema Beach, and the poor all lived down the mountain, right? And uh, they, they, they were looking down on all these massive mansions that were all down by Ipanema. You know the girl from Ipanema? You ever heard that song? Praise the Lord. But Ipanema Beach is down there, and we were driving through or by there. 
um, and uh, the, the, they're looking down on this on, on these huge mansions, and they see these these uh, just I mean homes that you can't even believe. We don't have anything com in, to even compare them around here. The fanciest home I've ever seen here is like the garage of some of these places, right? And and yet. Uh, 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 you know, these are the desires of man, but, but, but God, that, that's not what God has called us to. That, all of that stuff is a distraction from, uh, from, from what God truly wants to do, right? But, you know, God has, uh, 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 there, there's plenty of things to desire in the world, but you don't see Jesus live according to that. You don't see Jesus out there trying to build a bigger house, a better house, and get a better, better donkey. The only time he asked for a donkey, in fact, that, that I see in Scripture was when he was going in to, to, to serve people just before he, he went to the cross, yeah. right? And that was to fulfill Scripture. That wasn't out of his desire. It wasn't because, hey, the, the, I've been walking around on my feet. The least you could do is give me, give me a donkey to ride into town on, right? That's not what he was doing. You understand? And the same thing with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul learned a lot about giving up self. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so we have to understand that God is not, he's not looking for our comfort level in how we serve him. Now, does, don't, now let's keep this in context here and, and not get too far out of the wrong or into the wrong water, into the wrong bath or whatever you want, you want to say. Because I want to take you and make you bathe in dirty water either. Right? But Because the truth of the matter is, is God will bless us. He will take care of us. He will do things along the way, right, that, 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 that are certainly good and more than we deserve. If, if you don't believe me, again, you know, a few weeks ago, I mentioned the toilets in Africa, you know. You can live with a hole in the ground, but none of us have to do that, right? Praise the Lord. Every one of us experiences a level of, uh, of prosperity, and so prosperity is not out of the realm of something that's godly, but the seeking after it is. The seeking after those things. And so when we talk about desires, God isn't just looking. He's not. God is not just there looking to fulfill your desires. That's not what his heart is. Praise God. I don't know how I'm on this, but it wasn't the message. Praise the Lord. But uh, well, it's because we're talking about comfort level. You know, if it's all, I, I just have to have things the way that I want them. You know, I told you about the eggs, I think it was last week, right? The egg, or the egg that I had, that, I, 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 the, that the Lord just dealt with me on. It's okay that you don't have exactly what you want. And sometimes we have, we have as Christians, believers, if we're going to be good Christian followers of Christ, praise the Lord, which is what a good Christian is, is a good follower of Christ. If we're going to be good followers of Christ, we have to learn this truth of denying ourselves. We have to, and this is one one of what I'm talking about is in context too, especially of the local church. What's on your heart to do? It doesn't matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that it's what God is going to do overall. It's not just a matter of what I want to do in this situation or that situation. In fact, one of the things I find, especially as a pastor, that frustrates me at times is that I don't get to do things according to my desire and that a lot of other people do. God won't let me. As I minister for him, as I, as I seek him, it doesn't lead me into more of doing what I want to do. It leads me into less of doing what I want to do. And yet I, I, I watch church people all the time. I, and, and you do, this is just the way that it goes. I watch church people all the time that just do whatever they want to do. Now, I'm not saying everybody all the time or anything like that. I'm not saying all of you. I'm just saying I see it. I see people that, that, that will go to heaven, surely go to heaven, and they don't have to give up as much. 
Praise the Lord. But God has called me to something. And he's called you to something. And the quicker that we understand that, the quicker we learn that, that in sacrificing our own desires is where we... Now, again, this is not saying, oh, you're just wrong. We, see, we can get so out of balance so quickly. Because then people go on the other side and they'll just be all like, oh, I guess I have to give up everything and I can't have nothing. That's wrong too. You know, I love that the scripture tells us, it actually teaches us to, to, to know the things that God has freely given to us. That he teaches us that. There will be things in your life that God just bless you with. He's certainly done it with us. And you know what? Those things that God just blessed us with, just for us, doesn't mean we can't do with it what we want. But those things that God has done that with, are, are, um, they, they're truly a blessing to us. They don't take away from our life. And they certainly don't take away from the plan of God. Amen? So again, uh, if we are not asking... What can I make better or what can I add with what I am graced with? We are wrong. We are in the wrong. Our hearts as God's people should be what can I do better by what God, where God has me. Amen? Uh, it's one thing if you are completely not allowed to operate or do you know, things according to, to what God uh, is trying to do in you, but we're not a church that does that. Uh, we're trying, a church that tries to find balance in that, right? Um, so praise the Lord, but this also doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries. We, sh we need boundaries. We should have boundaries, even in things that we believe that are spiritual. Yeah. Why? Because what you believe is spiritual is not always going to resonate with everyone else. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's just not. How do I know this? I've seen it over and over and over and over. I see one person do something that they are convinced is God, and yet it, it pushes people away and just not the right timing. Sometimes people get it. Maybe they heard from God, but they hear it at the wrong time. And so it, it, it's important that we do have boundaries, amen? And, and, and so we have to understand that. What is this? This is a tension. I feel like I need to do this. And you feel like you, you, know, you don't have the opportunity to do this. Or, or I think we should go this direction, and someone else thinks we should go this direction. And what do we do? How do we deal with that? Life intentions. We learn to operate according to the love of Christ in a group setting, with people we might not see eye to eye with. This is the very basic uh, idea of what it means to be a Christian. And yet Christians don't want to do this. They want to fight and argue about it. Well, I want it my way. They won't say that, but they say, well, this is what the Lord has showed me. Okay, but it might not work in that situation. Sometimes what I, I'm talking as a pastor, sometimes what I want to do might not work in a situation. I have to see that. I've been learning that. Now, you know, I, I mean, you have to be patient with me because I'm not perfect in that, right? And that's another thing, another aspect of all this. Are we where God has put us? If we are where God has put us, the, and we are, we're praying for one another, and we're doing the things the best that we know how, guess what's going to happen? He's going to work it out somehow in all of our mess. Well, Pastor Jeff is bad at, at orchestrating this or orchestrating that. It might be. I'm, I'm not good at orchestrating anything. That's what got her. Amen? And she's so busy with work, sometimes she, she can't even deal with it. So, you know, it just leaves me to my own. And, and that's not always a great thing. Not really, she doesn't really leave. But you understand what I'm saying. It's like, like she can't do everything, right? And I'm not graced at doing everything. But God doesn't need me to be. Now, I'm talking about me, but I'm also talking about you. Because God hasn't graced you with the ability to do everything either. But he's graced you with the ability to do something. 
And what we do is we, as we move forward and we, we each partake of the different uh, aspects of what we know to do in the, minute, in the moment and not be offended at each other and, 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 and fighting each other, but endeavoring to move forward into his plan, whatever that is. Who knows what God's plan is? I don't have a fullness of it. Other than I know Jesus is coming back someday and he wants us to be found doing his work well. That's what, but his work hasn't even been defined to us completely. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, not completely. He said, go into all the world. But what does that mean? Right? Have you tried to travel anywhere? Do you realize that you can go, you can spend a lot of time going and a lot of money going one place in the world? What about all the places? Or what about local places? You could be so fixated, or somebody could be so fixated on going to Africa or going to India or going to China. Did they miss Spartansburg? Did they miss Corey? Did they miss Sugar? You, you understand, like, wherever we're at, it doesn't matter. But that doesn't mean that nobody is. And sometimes those who are drawn to go, they need to be sent, they need to be given ability, and, and people need to support them and, and let them go, even though it seems like they're being distracted from this. But you have to understand, sometimes when God puts something in somebody, they just got to go with it, Right? Praise the Lord. And so th this is how it all works out. And somehow, again, it's going to, uh, it's going to fill down. I know, listen, if you come here tonight for exact answers on what to do, you ain't getting them. But all I'm saying is we're getting a direction on how to go forward. And that's what I believe that in these last few weeks that the Lord is really wanting to get into this church specifically. Not all the other churches in town, I could care less what they're doing. And what I mean by that is I care what they're doing but I'm not being obsessed with what they're doing because what they're doing does not matter because it's not my calling. If it was my calling, I would be in that church. Praise the Lord. But where does God have me? What does he have me to do? To, to my knowledge, up until now, this is exactly where God wants me to be. I wouldn't have kept coming to Corey if he didn't want me to be here. I would look for a way out. I tried to ask him for a way out. He didn't give it to me. I have. I have sought a way out of doing it. I sought a way out of pastoring altogether. He won't give it to me. He hasn't sought my comfort level on these things. I was like, but don't you understand? I would have more time to do this or do that. He hasn't asked me that. He actually hasn't even seemed to consider that. He doesn't consider my time, how much of it I have or don't have. God will not ask us things according to what we have an ability for. God has never once asked us to give according to the ability that we have. What, what he's shown us is that we just need to be able to see that he wants us to do something, and then as we partake of it, he fills in the blanks. So Amen. Yeah. In fact, my wife mentioned this, and I just it was in my heart. I'm going to share it with you. I haven't even shared it with her yet. We didn't have time. We didn't discuss this before. Right? This just came to my heart tonight. But there, there's a, a, a certain amount that in this, because there's these projects that we're, we're going to want to get done here, and I believe it's the Lord. And there's a certain amount that we'll, we'll always sow into. We sow into everything we take up offerings for. We don't ever take up an offering in the church without sowing into it and try to sow significantly. That's just the way that we see things. We believe it's right and good for a pastor to do that. But even above and beyond that, I have a certain amount that's in my heart that I'm going to just, that I, I've been saving some money, some birthday money or whatever, you know, like you, you all get a gift for, you know, the gift of money for my birthday or Christmas or whatever. You know, I've been saving. I just have this, this, this amount. And a, a certain amount of that I'm taking and bringing to the Lord for those projects. Amen. Right? Amen. Praise the Lord. How much are they going to cost? I don't even know yet. It doesn't even matter. 
I mean, I know it's going to be, you know, they're, they're not cheap things that need to be done. But that, but that's just, that, that's something that's in my heart, right? And, but we, we, we've known that. Well, I, I don't have just an abundance of all this uh, money to just pull in and, and, and to pay for these things. If we did, we would do it. We are not opposed to completely paying for projects if that's what we have to do. Praise the Lord. If we have the money, but we don't have the money. These, these projects exceed me. They exceed what we can do. Going, when we go on, like when I traveled to Africa, that, you know, the reason we had to bring that before the church is because that exceeds what we're able to do. Otherwise, we would have never even asked anybody else. But it, we, we put it before the people. We believe this is what the Lord's leading. And if you could believe that too, connect to that, then praise the Lord. But that's how the work of God is done. And it doesn't just have to be us or what we're called to do either. But nobody else has come to me and said, hey, I'm called to go to Africa. Or anywhere else, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, until, you know, this is the task that we have before us, but we understand that as pastors we have to present things. But hey, there's things that we'll present and other, other things that we present. Praise God. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. But it, it, it's, it's about, um, you know, uh, I, I said this last week too, most people focus on their giftedness. Um, they focus on what they're able to do, what they know they can do. And there's a truth that that's right and good. You should do that. But mature Christians look for how that fits in the bigger picture. How they fit in the bigger picture. Like, how, what can I do here to facilitate something in, in the direction that this is going? And again, the direction isn't about, oh, this is Pastor Jeff's. Whatever whim he brings up, you know, and puts before us, this is what we got to do, I guess. That's not what I'm talking about. We need to operate as a body together. But again, these things come in stages and steps. And as people prove themselves faithful in one area or don't, it determines what they get saying later on. That's why I'm not a big fan of just open church votes on things. Why? Because somebody who's half faithful or not faithful at all can sit there and have just as much of a vote as anyone else can. I don't think that's right. That's not the way God led things. When you look at the early church, the way they did things, yes, every, like they, they might have voted on a bunch of things, but those people were all serving God with their entire lives, with their entire hearts. They withheld nothing from God. So that, there, there, is a, there, there is a truth. We, we, we might not get to it today, but there is a truth to what we do and how we do things. It's in that whole concept of denying God before man. We get that wrong, too. We'll get to that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are we going to get to it? Nope, that's tomorrow's sermon. We're not getting to it at all. So you have to watch tomorrow's sermon, and maybe I'll get to it tomorrow's sermon. But no, Jesus talked about that, you know, when he said, when he was talking about, uh, you deny me before, it wasn't, he wasn't talking about like, oh, I, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about denying him with their lifestyle. How do you live your life? That either verifies or denies that you're a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Philippians 2. Praise the Lord. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete. I'm going to stop right there. If there is any encouragement in Christ, we should have encouragement as we come together in Christ. If there is any consolation of love, we should have consolation in each other's love, not just for each other, but for God and the work that God has given us to do. 
if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if we are truly fellowshipping in the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. As a church, we are called to be intent on one purpose, fulfilling what God has before us. What is that? What does that look like? What does it look like? What does it look like? I can tell you this, it's different in Mayville than it is Corey. It's different in, in, in uh, Family Church Corey than it is in the Salt Church. It's different than any of the other churches. I know that, that pastor the, the, the best, and so I can verify and say that he's a good man of God. I know that. But I know that there's a difference in callings a little bit, right? And what we're called to do. We have to be in one purpose here. What is God calling us to do? That's why I, I listen. As a pastor, I listen to, to what other people are, or I, I desire to listen to what other people like have in their hearts. I desire that. How can we facilitate that? Does that fit the bigger picture? How do we, how do we go at this together? But see, so often people are thinking of things that are, you know, they're like, how do I do this thing that God wants me to do and just separate? But that's not what God has called us to do. We, that doesn't mean we'll never do other things. But the focus of what God wants, he calls us together for a reason. To, I mean, again, when you, you take up an offer. Why do you take up an offering? Because 10 people's money is a lot more effective than one person's money. It's just the way that it is. One person, you know, many hands make light work. You know, when you, uh, praise the Lord, when you, when you got to clean up something, it's a lot easier if everybody that ate washed the dishes. Well, you understand. I mean, you can get crowded around the sink. But, you know, the, the, the idea is still the same. Maybe this person does this part. This person does that part to make it all happen. Amen? But, uh, uh, praise the Lord, but uh, intent on one purpose. And this is what we get to, and, and this is what Paul was getting at with them. Do nothing from selfish ambition, selfish, uh, uh, from selfishness or empty conceit. See, I'm, I'm, I'm importing another version. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. It's not just about what I want to accomplish. I've had to learn that. It's not just about what I want to accomplish. And it's not just about what you want to accomplish. It's about what we're called to accomplish together. And so when we look at this, of course, yes, it's easy to look at our own interests as our, you know, well, I want my people taken care of. I want my household taken care of. I want to make sure that everybody comes over and, you know, takes care of my lawn in the, in the spring or whatever. You understand, you know, like, obviously those things are included there, but he's not just talking about that. It's even as we are led. How are we being led? God doesn't just lead us by his spirit in us. He leads us by his spirit as a group. Otherwise, if we're willing to listen to that. But in being willing to listen to that, you have to be willing to let down some of the things that, 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 that seem to be in you. Right? Man, praise the Lord. How much can I share? How much can I share? I have this person 
that I know that they always want to be doing a specific thing. They don't go to our church, any of either of our churches. But they always want to be doing, they think that they are called to do this certain thing. And they always want to be doing that certain thing. And yet opportunity never presents itself to do that thing. And in that process, they get frustrated because they fully believe that they are called to do that thing. And perhaps, maybe they are. But opportunity, where they're at, has not presented itself. And now they have a choice to make, and this is what I want to get at. The reason I bring that up is because they have a choice to make. Has God called them where they're supposed to be? And if he has, then the fact that there's not opportunity yet is not something for them to fret over. The opportunity is to do what's needed to do to fulfill their part in that place. And if they got called on to do that thing, then by all means do it. And do it with everything that's in you. Absolutely. But it's not to sit there and complain, why do I never get to, do, why do I never get to cho be, be chosen? Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about this before. We have, oh, we have a worship. We, we, we could have, uh, well, what if we had 50 people in here that played guitar? Now, we're not going to have 50 people up on stage playing guitar every week. It's just not going to happen. Right? I mean, even though they might all have a calling to do that, the calling doesn't dictate where they're at. Do you understand that what, 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 what you're gifted with doesn't dictate where you go and what you do? Where, you, where God has you dictates what you do. Praise God. Man, there's so many things that I can do. There's so many things I can do well or somewhat well, right? But I, there's so many of those things that I just don't ever get asked to do. But do I look at God and say, Lord... You know, why, why aren't you using me the way that, 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 that I'm, I, I want to be used? Or that I've been gifted to be used? Listen, I'm not, I'm not a fool to realize, or I, I realize that everything I'm able to do well, God has given me the ability. I'm just going to tell you, I, I've recognized that in my life. There is nothing in of myself, because I've re recognized my own worthlessness in of myself. There is nothing in me that is there that's good that wasn't given to me by God. And so there's nothing in me that, that isn't a, that's, that's good that isn't a gift of God. And if it's all a gift of God, he gets to see how he wants to use that. It is not up to me how, how he gets to use that. If he wants to use it, you know, I, listen, I, man, I know what it's like to feel the call inside you to do something. I can't imagine if God said never preach again. Why? Because I don't believe the gifts are, the gifts are without repentance, right? Or he doesn't revoke the gift. He doesn't pull it out of you. And so if, if there's a desire in you to minister, then of course that's going to be there. But let him draw that out. And I'm not just talking about ministering. I'm just saying from my own side, I can't imagine being called out and saying, okay, now never speak again. Why? See, and this is, this, is the, this is the paradox, if you will. This is the crazy thing about it. I never wanted to speak to begin with, and now I have to because he's put it on the inside of me. I can't stop doing it. I can't stop preaching. If I stopped preaching, I would be so miserable, and I know that. In fact, one, the one last thing that spoke to me when I wanted to quit ministering, when I wanted to quit being a pastor was knowing that. That God has put a voice on the inside of me to speak to people. And if I don't have an out for that, outlet for that, I would go insane. So it's one thing that if he cuts it off, but what about if I do? That's why we have to be careful of what we're after. What we try to make happen. 
what we try to do. We got to be careful what we try to build it, it, it around us and get humble and go before the Lord and say, Lord, just what you have for me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. Praise God. I had somebody tell me, and I was recently asked to do a, a, a there's two sides of this. I'm going to share them with you. Uh, I had somebody, uh, uh, I was recently asked to do an offering service for a set of meetings. Not something I wanted to do. Again, if God hasn't called me to it, and so the idea is I, 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 I not just, I'm not going to just drum up something. I'm like, Lord, if you call me to it, I'll do it. And that's exactly what I said. When I said I would respond, when I responded to the person that asked me, I said, I, I'll have to get back to you on it. Because I had to seek the Lord. I was like, Lord, if you want me to do this, I'll do it. But I don't want to do it. And that was the truth. And I didn't want to do it all the way up into it. But I knew it was God. I knew God was in it. But I had somebody reach out to me and say, man, I wish I got, and probably joking, but I wish I had gotten asked to do it. Somebody wants to talk, right? Well, I'm just like, I wish they would have asked you. You know what I mean? But, but they didn't. They asked me, and there was a purpose in them asking me. In fact, even when I talked to the minister that asked me uh, later on, I realized that the purpose, what the Lord had showed me for the reason that I was doing it, was the same thing that was on that minister's heart when they asked me. We didn't know it. We didn't talk about that ahead of time. But it was the exact same, it was the exact same thing. And I thought that was a real blessing because it, God confirmed something in the midst. Two imperfect people, God confirmed something in. He brought two imperfect people together who think differently on a lot of stuff and brought them together and somehow produced what he wanted to produce. That's exactly what the local church is. So the idea of someone even saying, oh, I, wish, I wish they would have asked me, why? Why does it matter? See, this is where we have to put down our own pride and say it doesn't matter. If I never get used, I mean, I've, I'm telling you, it's one of those things that we have to learn to do. It's not about what, even what's in you, gifted in you. It's what God wants to draw. The, the question is, am I where God has me? See, I think most Christians, are, are, I don't even know about most. Yeah, probably most. I think most Christians aren't asking themselves that question enough. Or asking the Lord that question enough. Am I where you want me to be? That should be the first and foremost question on all of our hearts. Am I where you want me to be? Praise the Lord. Because if we know where we are, that he has us, that whatever he's going to do in us, it doesn't mean the people are going to be perfect, and all of a sudden they're, doesn't mean you're not going to, like if you know that you got to be here, doesn't mean all of a sudden you get to not pray for me. No, you better pray, and especially if I'm doing things that you don't like, but you know that you're called to be here, you better be praying that I get it right. And if you keep praying that I get it right and I don't change, then maybe you have to accept that maybe you're wrong. I'm not saying you are. But if you know that you're where you're supposed to be and you trust God when you pray, do you understand what I'm getting at here? It's like this whole thing would go a lot better for all of us if we would, and I'm talking to myself here too, if we would stop looking at us and start looking at him. Start asking, Lord, Lord, what do you have in this situation? I don't care what I don't care what thousands of other people did for hundreds of years before. It doesn't matter to me, Lord. I want to know what you have right now, what you want to do right now, what you have for us to accomplish here. I don't care what you did over there in Mayville. Listen, we have people that come here from Mayville. It doesn't matter what he does in Mayville. 
If, you, if you're called to come here and help out, if that's what you're here for, what has God called you here for? It doesn't matter. You see, it's so easy. And I, I, to be honest with you, for most of the, the, the first bunch of years, that's exactly how I pastored this church. Trying to create what God did there, here. But that's not why God brought me here. And that's not why God brought you here. And if you're from the area and you come here, it's not why God brought you here to do what he did before. Praise the Lord. He's brought you here to do what he's doing now. In this place with you and with me and with anybody else. There's been, there's been an understanding. From the time we started this work, there was an understanding that someday we might not pastor this work. We might not show up. I, I'm seeing the understanding of there's a reality that that might be the case. I can't pastor two churches on a Sunday morning. I just can't do it. Not 40, not 40 minutes apart. If we were 20 minutes apart, we could do it. But we just can't do it being 40 minutes apart uh, and not pastor each one well. And so that, that's a reality that we have to face. And so there's a reality that, that, that if God wants to do on a Sunday morning here what he does Sunday morning there or something else, he's going to have to raise up somebody else to do it. But God, that, that hasn't been presented to us yet. And that's okay because if, if, if I'm not called to do that, I'm not called to do that. Right now it's got to be a Saturday night. We have no lead. We tried to figure out a way to do it on Sunday afternoons. I tried to find out a way to do it on Saturday mornings. I've tried every way you could possibly imagine. And yet here we are, 6 o'clock on Saturday nights. It's not what we would choose, but God didn't consult me when he did it. And, and what I'm learning in this, this process of what God calls us to is he will stir things on the inside of us, sure, but he is going to work it out the way he's going to work it out. Amen. It's not about what I want to accomplish, even as I am led. So now I want to ask you a question. Do we ever consider how this looks within the body of Christ? Our effectiveness outside will only be in proportion to our effectiveness inside. We will not accomplish anything outside until we've figured this thing out here. If you don't take, you know, one of the, 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 one of the qualifications of a pastor, bishop, elder, whatever you want to call it, one of the qualifications of that is that they know how to manage their own household. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But you understand that managing the church of God is not just up to one person. It's not meant just for one person. And what I mean by that is we all have a part to play. And if we all have a part to play, then we have to manage that part well. And so the question is, do we manage that part well? Do I manage to do what I'm called to do well? I mean, I think I am. But I guess I'm not the one to ask that question to because I'm going to be biased. I know what I think. I know what I do. I know what I give up. I know what we, I, I know what we sacrifice what nobody else sees, just as you do. Yeah. You're not the one to ask that. Yeah. Not about yourself. Okay. You have to ask either somebody else that you trust, or you have to ask the Lord, or both. You know what I mean? There's, there's those things. But, but if we don't manage this well, and this is why I believe that the church, just by and large, is not doing a whole lot of anything. Because what they, man, what they have within their reach, they, they don't take care of. And so they don't go out there and take care of, they're not going to take care of anything else. You know, people have grand ideas of building things. Uh, and I understand that. Like, I, I, I mean, I've seen campuses before for these churches. Campuses! 
Oh yeah, houses, campuses, places, you know, just, just all kinds of... But how do you do with what you have before you? Right? Praise the Lord. If you can't feed one, you're certainly not going to feed 5,000. And you're not going to feed 5,000 until you feed one first and feed them well. Do you understand what I mean? Speaking metaphorically, of course, but, but the point I'm trying to make is whatever we're called to do, if we don't do it a little right, then we're not going to get a lot easier. How do we look and manage the, lo the, the house of the Lord? This, this happens to be a, the type of church, our churches, the ones we pastor, happen to be types of churches that we endeavor to, to, to look for giftings in people and, 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 and try to employ them in ways that, that, that we, you know, we're endeavoring to do that. Um, but we, and we see giftings in people sometimes that just go unused because there's no interest in, 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 in sacrifice because it costs something. The plan of God always costs something. See, so many people look at the plan of God. I know so many people, and I remember being in this group, so many people that look at the plan of God as a payout. Oh man, when I get there, we'll finally have arrived. We'll finally have gotten it. We'll finally get the payout. That's not what the plan of God is. The plan of God costs. It will cost you everything. It costs you your life. It will cost you your desires. It will cost you your wants. It will cost you things that aren't fair for you to pay. But that's what it costs. Because that's what the plan of God requires. The plan of God is not a free-for-all into every single blessing that you can have. And you can go around looking how blessed I am. That's not what it is. It's sacrifice. It's pain. And sometimes it's suffering. In fact, if I'm honest with you, I think a lot of the plan of God while we're here is suffering. That there's a lot of suffering in what we have to do. Why? Because when you are so full of self, it does you no good, and it does God no good to continue to prop up self. God is not looking to, to inflate your ego. He doesn't care about, he doesn't want your ego your ego is disgusting to God. Now, don't understand. I'm not talking about self-worth. I'm not saying becoming worthless. No, none of us are worthless before God. God looks at us as the most valuable prized possessions. Praise the Lord. But our ego is only valuable to ourselves. I have never seen an ego that has blessed somebody else. Not once. Your ego, my ego, none of it. In fact, the one thing that I keep getting faced with when I keep going to God, Lord, I want to do your work. You know what he shows me? My ego. Every time I want to I do more for you, Lord, I want to be better. You know what he shows me? My ego. He doesn't show me the plan. He doesn't show me all the things that I can accomplish. He shows, he shows me myself. And there's suffering in seeing myself. Because I'm the one that deals with the, the, the things in my heart that aren't right. You might not see them, but I see them just as you see yours. So this idea is not that God hates us. He, does, he wants to get us beyond that, but the only way God can use us is by having us put down us and exalt something that's greater. Amen? Praise the Lord. And brothers and sisters, I am not preaching to you from the standpoint of you're doing everything wrong. So if you've taken it that way, if I presented it that way, I apologize. I repent for it. Because that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm presenting to you opportunity before the Lord. God is, is bringing us into opportunity to accomplish things. 
Because if we get this, it doesn't matter the size of the group. If we can get this, we can be the most effective. Jesus was utterly effective with himself and 12 followers that were very imperfect. But he, was in, he started the entire church that way. Yes, there was others, but you remember it was them mostly. And even out of them, there was even less faithful. Praise the Lord. Um, praise God. So I want to present to you, and this is a very important thing at this time, uh, Galatians 5.15. I just want to pull it up. It says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And this is the type of warning, I think, that so often falls. This doesn't even happen in churches anymore. Are we looking out for one another's interests and giftings and abilities or whatever? Are we looking to prop up uh, somebody else's ministry, what somebody else does? When I say someone else's ministry, I'm not always pointing to the pastor and saying, oh, you got to inflate him. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, if there's anything I think I've proven in these congregations is that I'm not trying to... I could have very easily built a ministry that was focused around us, and we have not done that. We, we, we have, and we have suffered as a result of doing that. Even sometimes by the hands of our own people, we've suffered. That's the absolute truth. We don't build, we're not trying to build our ministry. I'm not trying to inflate what Pastor Jeff and Pastor Renee wants to do. We're not trying to, we're not even trying to, we've even suffered because we've pulled away sometimes, even from what the greater picture, you know, the, the other family churches. We're not even trying to be a family church. I'm not saying I'm try, not trying to be part of them. What I'm saying is I'm not trying to be that. I'm trying to be, God has put me here to be what he has put me here to be, and that's what I want to be, and I want to produce churches as he directs that are exactly like that. That is what we're called to do. Praise the Lord. But if we bite and devour one each other, if we just are constantly looking at what everyone else is doing wrong instead of just doing what we know to do right and encouraging one another to do right, if that's what we do, then we'll be consumed by one another. The devil won't even have to come in. I am convinced that the devil doesn't even have to show up at most churches because they do a good enough job ripping themselves apart. How many times do Christians get on social media and just tear another Christian apart for no purpose other than to be right because they were right? Instead of looking at someone and saying, maybe they're on there. Maybe, maybe a brother or sister said something stupid on there. This doesn't mean you go on there and rip them apart. It's so, it's so ridiculous that that's what people do or that you talk about them. Praise the Lord. You spend time talking about them, you know, without maybe mentioning their names, but everybody knowing exactly what they did. Yeah. Everybody knowing exactly what you're talking about. Praise the Lord. I'm, you know, we're, we're talking about very uh, specific things, but people do this type of th this thing all the time. If we bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Yeah. We're tearing ourselves so often apart from the inside we're not coming together as God has called us to be. And again, I'm not just saying this church. I mean, this is just a warning for churches. This is a warning for people, for Christians, as you do what you do. Be mindful of this, 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 this tendency of humans to want to devour each other. 
and how, how do I support my brothers and sisters? How do I get behind what's going on here? Sure, it may be different than what I chose. Praise the Lord. But again, there ain't nobody who's doing it perfect anyways. Not one person. I haven't found a church that is doing it perfectly. I've been to lots of churches over the years. I've never seen, I've seen a lot of good-hearted Christians. I've never found a perfect church. Praise the Lord. God isn't looking for perfect churches. He's looking for churches that love him and love his work and are doing the things that he wants them to do. We're going to close with Hebrews 10, 24. Praise God. Hebrews 10, 24. Usually when we go to this section of scripture, we talk about how we got assembled together, and I believe in all that. But let's focus on 24, because this is the most important part. Because assembling together will come easily after if we do this. Mm-hmm. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Our calling is not to tear each other down. Our calling is not to look and, and always see what everybody else is doing wrong. Our calling is to look at each other and say, how can I stimulate them? How can I stir them up to love and good deeds? If there's a brother, you know, I, one of the things I've always told any of our leaders, I was like, if you do something well, then reproduce yourself. That doesn't mean make carbon copies of yourself. It means if you've done something well, do you help other people learn to do that well that you know? And then you just keep reproducing that. And then they'll have a gift and maybe they'll share it with someone else. Maybe it'll be completely different. We don't need, you know, uh, for example, I know I've said that to my son. I don't, need, I don't need a bunch of guitar players. We don't need to produce 50 guitar players in here. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't need 50 people that can sing songs. We have some people that can sing songs and it's a blessing. We don't need that. When I say reproduce himself, what I'm talking about is if you're doing something well that's helping the ministry go forward, that's helping the work of the Lord go forward, then how do you, how do you stir someone else to that same idea? You know, look for opportunities. Maybe it's not going to be in your area at all. You know, we have ushers. Maybe, maybe ushers won't be finding more ushers, but the, as, they're, as they're ushering, they'll find other people that need to be just propped up and, 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 and encouraged. Encouraged to be faithful to the plan of God. Encouraged to, 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 to love one another in the plan of God. Encouraged to overlook their own desires for the desires of the greater. And the greater being God, not me, not you. Not even us together, because it's not even about us together. Do you know so many people are like, it's about the people. No, it's not about the people. It's about him. It's always about him. Because without him, the people don't matter. They don't mean anything. They're dirt. That's what we are. It's not about the people. It's about God. And if, it's about, if we make it about God and what he wants us to do, the people will be blessed. Amen?